Okay, guys, welcome to our fourth pot. <laughs> our third. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. All right, guys, welcome to our fourth. <laughs> Fuck. Okay, wait, one more time. <laughs> okay. All right, guys, welcome. <laughs> okay, welcome to our first podcast of, yes, our first. of the series. The, the The new podcast is going to be called Rambling with Purpose. Um. We are going to feature bigger episodes on this channel and then we're also going to offer some insightful uh, podcasts on another episode called The District Digest, which will be focused more on what's going on in the gyms and will be directed more at the membership rather than these ones, which are going to be about, well, things that we find interesting and we hope that you find interesting. Um, Yeah, basically just give, give you an insight into the minds of two young very handsome entrepreneurs such as John and myself. Thank you very much. We're also we're doing this over a couple of glasses of red wine and we're going to tell you guys what we're drinking each week. Uh, this week we're going for some Zauze, South Africa, <laughs> Vineyard Reserve Cabernet Sauvignon, I believe it's pronounced. Precisely. Um, which has a very that. fruity, nice taste to it. So this podcast is going to be, uh, the title of it is going to be The Challenges, Shortfalls and Dramas Behind Starting Your Own Business. John and I are from extremely different backgrounds and have brought those experiences to where we are now and where we came to, to found District, which was kind of the workings of the last five years of our individual experiences. So yeah, I'll start basically. My background, uh, I grew up in London. I played football to a high level, always loved playing sports. And then I got a scholarship to Indiana University in America, which was an amazing experience, but it was where I found CrossFit. And I think discovering CrossFit in the States was a pretty cool experience because it was at its rawest. We were a it was a very small university town and basically the community of the gym was everything and you know we did everything together from barbecues to social events and community was at the heart of everything we did so I I was there on a golf scholarship um, but CrossFit kind of became quite a big part of my life out there um, actually John where did you find where did you first start doing CrossFit my first experience of CrossFit was during a visit to a global gym where one of the coaches there who is now one of the world's probably yeah probably part of one of the world's most renowned Who's that? online programs a guy named Tino Marini uh, he works at a CrossFit Invictus and writes a competitors program and various online programs for them he asked me to come join a workout we're doing like 21 15 rowing and thrusters um, I'd spent most of my time doing bodybuilding um, thought it would look pretty easy because I was big and strong about 30 seconds in things went waywards and went south pretty fast halfway through the 21 calorie roll where I tried to finish it in 10 seconds subsequently fell off the machine rolling around the floor trying to figure out what was next and then came thrusters which was a brand new exercise to me which if anybody watching in the industry has seen a bodybuilder do thrusters it's not a pretty thing and after that I had to do burpees um, it didn't end very well uh, but for some reason, it, it, it kind of, I kept thinking about it afterwards. Started jumping in a few other classes, changing up what I was doing, and then I, then I actually left the area 
So I actually left CrossFit for quite a while and went back to just doing bodybuilding. What year was this? What's it? Maybe 2007. So really early. So yeah, you, your, really your first experience with CrossFit was probably, you know... Yeah, no, no one knew what this guy was talking about. We all thought there was something wrong with him. Don't know how he found it. Don't know, but he was sold by it. It was. Even, I remember after leaving there, I went to the Middle East and I was trying to talk about it with people and they were looking at me, no idea of what the hell I was talking about. And someone had kind of heard about it. And that, that was to the extent of people's knowledge across fit. Yeah, that was, was, that was similar. For, I was at university and it was about 2010, 2011. And I was coming back to the UK for Christmas and the summer and talking a lot about CrossFit as you do, you know, everybody can't shut up about it. And everyone was like, okay, what are you talking about? Because it just hadn't reached Europe at this point or in the waves that it is now, nobody really knew about it. So yeah, it was, it was, it was during my last year at university um, that I decided, my partner at the time, and I decided that we should set up the business and we spent the last year at uni kind of coming up with a business plan, going through the finances, what we could afford. And basically at the time there was 11 CrossFit gyms inside the M25 in London, but there was like 300 in cities like LA, New York, Chicago, you know, all the, all the major cities in the US. And we just thought this has got to reach the UK. Like, the fitness industry is going to explode. Health is becoming such such a buzz buzz topic, and you know it's something that we believed in and we wanted to do. So, after we graduated university, we moved back to London. My family live in Wandsworth, and we spent eight months looking for a property. I'd say, and we looked everywhere. We looked all over London. Like there were some some places we went to look in the Docklands, and it was just basically when the 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 Wandsworth property came came on the market we jumped on it and I think looking back one of the biggest challenges that we would then faced was we were so eager to open up a business like we wanted to do it so badly that we didn't actually evaluate the property in its fullest and that led to a lot of future issues because if we had gone in there from day one and dropped a barbell we would have known very quickly that we were under a residential building and we were going to have major issues with the neighbours. And that was something that uh, kind of plagued my life for two years, two and a half years, because we'd ended up setting up this business and then we got served notice by the council. So one day the council turned up and uh, said, we're getting too many noise complaints, you have 90 days to fix it or we're going to shut your business down. And at this point, <laughs> it was pretty scary. It was, it was a lot of sleepless nights and a lot of like, we didn't know what to do. Basically, we came to the, to the decision that we were gonna put in a sprung floor, which is a very technical, but not very technical term. But basically what it is, it sits on metal springs. And the idea is that when you drop a weight, that the springs disperse the vibrations so they don't travel upwards into the neighbor's flats. Anyway, it didn't work and a long legal battle then happened and we ended up um, suing our lawyer at the time because he had said that we didn't need this and that we took on the property without 
basically we didn't get proper advice and that's one of the things that I think I've learned over the years and I think John you can vouch for this like you, you should always surround yourself with people or, or put yourself in scenarios where you can ask questions of people who have been in the position that you want to be in before so John I know you traveled around the world didn't you yeah. kind of yeah yeah so I mean I, my background before CrossFit was completely unrelated um, I was in the military and then I worked in the private sector for a number of years um, where I picked up quite a lot of skills and planning and you know executing plans and stuff um, I actually came interestingly I actually came to London when about the same time Rosie was setting up CrossFit once before I didn't know her or anything about the gym where I had the opportunity laid at my feet to open it's quite a large but probably would be still to this date the biggest gym in London but um, like most people open a gym they open up with fancy stuff great coaching but they don't put a lot of thought or they don't think about what they're then going to do to fill a gym um, I had a complete different mindset and um, whilst I had this opportunity in front of me I decided not to take it and then set off um, to educate myself and you know, build the skill sets needed to actually be able to fill spaces um, you know I just felt that if you can do that then it's going to make life a lot easier. So I set off. What can I just? What are? What made you decide that you weren't ready? Because that's a very like mature thing to to do. Because I did the opposite. So what made you do that? It was it was more like a kind of gut feeling. I mean, this, you know, my time in the military was quite short. My time in the private sector was was quite long, and a lot of stuff comes down to planning. If you don't plan things. Uh, things very rapidly go wrong so I had that in the back of my mind always um, and then also saw the startup costs but <laughs> the money <laughs> yeah the money which was was pretty much being gifted to me I, I know there wasn't any the, the way it had been set up if, if it went wrong it, it wouldn't have cost me anything but still that and you know just the sheer numbers involved kind of made me think you know am I really have a plan for this or am I just you know hoping you know that it'll work out um, so yeah, I chose I chose not not to do it. Set off, and then I do what I do. I know I do this pretty well. Where if I don't know something, I'll find out who knows it, and I'll I'll reach out or network with them, or I'll con you know I'll contact them, or I'll go to where where they are. So for the the first year after this, uh, I basically just travelled. I done a series of six CrossFit seminars across the world, and um, not one of them in the same country. Spent some time at some of the world's best gyms, uh, CrossFit Invictus, CrossFit New England, even way back when outside of the States nobody really knew much about those gyms but uh, I knew enough to know what they were doing it right and even saying that those guys were still learning, there's, there's many things that those gyms do not do now uh, what they were doing then. Yeah so I'm, uh, I then got into coaching, you know so obviously I need to be able to coach but I need to know the back end stuff but I had no coaching actual experience I did have a boot camp business that I ran in Bahrain for a while in personal training but it's not quite the same so I got myself my first coaching job was in Dubai where I had, a, I had a, probably one of the best setups I think actually in the country in terms of coaching I, I didn't coach a lot and I got paid very handsomely for it but I was also upstairs coaching beginners which is great for coaching but there was no development I can learn there was no data to learn from there wasn't another coach around me so I made the decision to leave there and go to a gym in Kuwait uh, just because mm. I had heard of this gym and they do a lot of coaching development 
so yeah, I finished up things there. Went to Kuwait, got around some amazing coaches. While I was there as well, there were some pretty good people in management there who were very experienced. And doing then similarly what we're actually aiming to do now with, with district, building multiple locations and a brand, systems, kind of processes for everything. Do you think so, all that, do you think all that, it's because that, like you hopped around a lot, you you know, you, you learn a lot. Do you think all that gave you the confidence? Do you think there was there was obviously a, there was an issue, like you saw the money, you saw how much it was going to cost, but also was there a confidence issue back when you were younger and you, you thought? Yeah, definitely there was a confidence issue. I still had that even after getting that education because now that I know it, I then need to put it into play. Just, do you know what's funny? I think that when we had our first Skype interview, like when we first connected over Skype about whether you were going to come to the UK and take on the the partnership, you said to me, and one of the things that stood out to me the most, which made me believe in who you were, I asked you, why, what, if you've had all these opportunities to open your own gym, why haven't you done it yet? And you openly said it was because you didn't feel ready, but also there was a confidence issue and you wanted a partner that you could like bounce ideas off and that would make you feel comfortable and give you like that security to be like, yeah, go on, crack on John, you could, you know, go do this. And I think that was, that was one of the, at that moment I thought, okay, this guy, because you come across, a, I think in this industry, you come across a lot of people with massive egos and they front a lot and they say, you know, it's, it's human nature to, in a sort of interview situation, say why you're the best. But I think the fact that you showed like a little bit of vulnerability, that also creates a lot of buy-in. And that's kind of just, I think that's really important. Like it's kind of why we're doing this podcast, right? We're, you know, we want to give an honest account of who we are. We want to talk about how we got to where we are. And there's a lot of like funny stories along the way. And it's, you know, we can make lighthearted of it now, but you know, there were some serious issues that happened and, you know, and how we got to where we are. But I think the point is that there, there's a lot of, we put a lot of value on honesty and we preach that a lot to our staff, to our members, to the people. I think if you're honest, people will believe you. I mean, obviously, but yeah, I just think that's, it's, it's quite important. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's a confidence thing, and then it's it's just re- it's, you know it's being honest with yourself and realizing that you're stronger as a group, as a team. You know, I I don't buy it. Anybody who thinks they can make it on their own. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, I know I did have this experience. After I got that experience, I was lucky enough to talk my way into some pretty epic positions to start up gyms and take over gyms for people where. When I was involved, we opened up the first ever uh, CrossFit gym in Astana in Kazakhstan. Th- that came about in the most weird circumstances. I was just chatting to a guy in the corner of the gym that I was currently working at, and he kept in touch, asked me to come. As soon as an opportunity to just put what I've learned into play, and I won't lie, it wasn't it wasn't my money. So I had an opportunity to, you know, put what I've learned to the test without me having to, you know, deal with any of the consequences, which sounds kind of arrogant. But, I mean, it's, what other ways are to do it? We all go to university to get jobs and stuff to go work for other people. You're essentially doing the same thing. Yeah, but, so, you know, so I had these opportunities to, you know, keep doing it. But the one thing that I kept realising was I was always doing it with someone else. 
it was I was doing it with you know I was doing it with stronger people mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and even that conversation we had you know we would we did talk about it at the time you know uh, being honest and saying you want to do it with stronger people that you know people can learn from and stuff and I think that kind of it helped us kind of head off in the beginning yeah and I think we've we have such different skill sets I mean we're like and be and business partnership I think one thing again I've learned that I will preach forever is when you go into business with someone it sounds really morbid but you have to plan for the end so like one of the discussions we had in the beginning was we we were laying down our our partnership agreement and it was so vital that we had every single thing covered from literally I remember you came back to me and you were like Rosie you know you've put a clause in here that says if I die what happens to my shares in the business but like you have to have that security so that there is no room for the what ifs um and it also just i think people operate better when things are very clearly set out and they know exactly what's expected of them and we try and do that i think for for our coaches for our staff that's one thing that you introduced massively when you got involved in crossfit wandsworth from the from the outset we had a coach's manual that was brought in and it was like this is what we expect of you this is and if you're not performing to these standards then we're going to tell you about it and i think that helps people take pride in in what they're doing i think we're, we're skipping all around all over the place but yeah. but um it's probably the uh Zalzi south africa vineyard reserve cabinet yeah, Rosie says, <laughs> used our first glass i'm only halfway through my, my first one um but i think what's funny is it's amazing because in 2014 we were both in london yeah with two separate opportunities and you chose to go away and get further education and learn from the best in the business and and from my front i dived straight into it and i think it's funny because actually i would say that those two decisions are almost irrepresentative of who we are usually i would say you dive into stuff you shoot from the hip and i will be like no let's plan let's let's sit back and think about this but we actually did the reverse and then we've ended up somehow back at the same what it was three years late three years later we ended up our our worlds kind of collided through a mutual friend yeah and it's interesting that as well i mean like both of us had the different mindsets then but essentially it went full circle back to that working out perfectly both of us you know so Rosie got to learn a lot of stuff about diving in I, I got to learn all the stuff what happens when you don't dive in and even that journey um, you know the person who linked us up in the end to make the connection for me went to Wandsworth both our paths had crossed through this these people you know around about the same time Wandsworth was set up or very, very soon after and they were, they were crossing back over throughout these three years and uh, that was just like a mutual acquaintance that we had although we were never introduced to each other or shout out to Dan from yeah <laughs> shout to, he deserves his shout out <laughs> yeah I did take him for port tacos but he's still he's wait, still waiting for his finders fee but yeah um so that's just it's quite interesting that when you look at all these kind of facts that there was uh, that was crossing over all the time and I think the the many experiences that we had separately has now put us in such good stead for you know where we are now looking towards the future and, and what we're trying to build because we both experienced such different things and you know I it from my point of view it was I had this very naive build it and they'll come mentality and trust me they they don't 
um, you have to work very hard at it. And, you know, the business was successful to, a, to an extent and me and my previous business partner, you know, were happy. I, I mean, this is a total segue, it's a totally different conversation, but I play professional golf and that was my, I was on tour full time at that point and everything that came with that, all the stresses of doing both, you know, it was difficult. And then basically my, my relationship broke down and that was an extremely hard thing to take because not only had I set up a business with my girlfriend at the time, uh, she was my business partner, our whole friendship group was the gym and it was, it was very intense because the community was both of our lives, but the breakup was, was pretty nasty and, you know, we said this podcast was about dramas, so... I'm I'm comfortable sharing what happened but basically my 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 business partner my girlfriend ended up cheating on me with a coach that we had both hired together Um, and I actually walked in on it happening at the gym which was an extremely difficult time but also I guess a blessing in just guys like all these things that happen and that's something like in life you go through shit and it was an extremely difficult period of my life because I suddenly lost my girlfriend of five years, my business partner. Everything came crashing down. I lost my friends because they were, you know, part of the community, and that was it. Was it was a really sort of eye-opening thing for me. But I kind of ran away and focused on golf. My golf took off, and that was amazing. And I, I'll be grateful for that. But also, it meant that I had to look at where the business was going, and this is kind of where. John came in because we were connected through Dan, as we've mentioned. He's the one of the co-founders of Wit, and don't yeah, forget, don't forget Sammy boy. Sammy Needs boy, Sam, 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 the legend. But yeah, the basically, I was looking to either sell the business because I couldn't run it myself while I was away on tour, or I was looking for a business partner to replace my partner's my partner's uh, segment. So. Yeah, we were connected. This is actually a very funny story, which I feel like John should tell. Do you want to tell the story, John? What's that? What's how that? we met and how we became business partners? Yeah, I think we could rewind uh, to a couple of weeks before we actually met face to face, because there's an interesting story there. <laughs> is there? Yeah, it's just, it's you know it's also a nice, a nice, a nice one to tell for in terms of life experiences. Um, so after. We had Skype calls and, you know, we had some emails back and forth and I was like, you know, I'm not coming unless I get this, this and this. And then Rosie and I were like, okay, cool. And I was like, okay, so this is really happening now. And I'm like, okay. And then it was, there was an element of fear in myself that I'd been waiting out and I'd been telling people. I'd even told my fiancé at the time that I want to get back to the UK and I want to have a gym in London and I want to do something big. And she kind of jokingly said, okay, if you make it happen, I'll go. Uh, this was maybe three, four days before. Um, Danny emailed mailed me about Rosie. I don't think she was expecting it to happen that fast. Um, but yeah, we actually agreed things. Everything was tied up. We were working on start dates. I, w- I was still, you know, kind of shaky uh, thinking about it. And then in my previous role before I came to Wandsworth, I, I, I worked. I was in a very privileged position. Of who I worked from, the experiences that I got. I, I was given the opportunity to fly out to America to go to Reebok. CrossFit training grounds where I spent four days training with a bunch of games athletes, which as you can imagine, if you went to CrossFit, 
they were all there, Patrick Vellner, everybody. It was it, it was pretty awesome. I then left that and drove up to Vermont where I stayed with Matt Fraser for a couple of days. Um, everyone knows who he is. He's a this is, can I just say, this is a lot of fluff because I'm going to tell you my account of it. And he, John is, I'm going fl- to get, John I'm is fluffing it by putting like name dropping Patrick Vellner and Matt Fraser. The, but they were, this, this is all true. Oh, I'm, linked, make, I'm trying to make it um, <laughs> better for me. So I'm sitting there one morning on Matt Fraser's couch and we're looking at uh, his games gone that he got given one of the games. I'm like, oh my God, man, this is such cool shit that I'm getting to do. I don't know if I want to give this up because it happened a few times already before this and I very childishly kind of through fear and just thinking, you know, I have everything settled here, I don't need to take this big risk and stuff, emailed Rosie saying that I was, you know, I'd had second thoughts and I don't think I I can do this. such email, the email didn't actually send. I smell bullshit. This the, is such bullshit. The email didn't send. <laughs> Fast forward a couple of years, Rosie actually sent me an email that didn't send and she realised that it is possible. No, um, no. But anyway, I mean, to an extent, I'm glad that, that it happened like that because when I eventually got back to Dubai and I read Rosie's next email. Um, <laughs> which said what? Which wasn't very polite. <laughs> But it had um, a sentence at the very end that resonated really strong with me. It was along the lines of, you need to wake wake up and make some changes about how you act for your future. There was other words in there that I don't want to say on this. Um, there was a lot, there was some French words. Um, but for some reason it stuck with me for days and days and I kept thinking about it. And then I'd, I, I kind of had a realisation of like, no, I'm... I'm running scared of the one thing that I've said that I've been working towards and I want to do. So, yeah, I just basically, you know, I picked up the phone, I called Rosie and this, you know, I wanted to lay some nice friendly groundwork first. I just phoned and just said, you know, I feel like you deserve an apology. You know, I wish it was face to face, but, you know, at least a phone call is a lot better than sending an email. So I let that sit for, I think it was a couple of days and then I dropped her an email, basically just, you know, saying I'd made a mistake. Um, you were right with what you said. I understand, you know, how, how this is kind of set out and stuff and how it looks, but, you know, if you give me a, another chance, um, I really do want to take this opportunity. And then, you know, we had a business set up, it was a, you know, a kind of, I was taking on shares as a managing partner of the business, um, but I'd also agreed to buy some shares as well to increase my ownership of the gym, um, which wasn't supposed to come until after a year, but just kind of show my commitment. I said that I would buy those shares Straight away, the sold. I'm pretty sure that was a demand. No, no, I'd offered that first. I've still, <laughs> got, I've still got the emails. But Rosie I've... said, that, yeah, that that would have to be something that happens. You know, so, I mean, long story short, I asked where she was. She was in Bangkok. You know, I said, I'll, okay, I'll get a flight. She was a bit like, well, you can't come here. I'm playing golf. Why don't you meet me in London next Monday? So, yeah, sure, sure as I flew back to the UK. Um, the timing of it all was, you know... I'm, perfect my father was sick at the time um so, so it was all everything was just making more sense to come back uh, to the uk so it seemed like a no-brainer um I, I jumped a flight to glasgow for some reason because i was i'm not very good at booking flights i booked a flight into glasgow and out of london i don't know i'd misclicked something but anyway i didn't have to jump on a train and get the train down to london can i just jump in before you tell the next part of this story because yeah take a sip of your wine <laughs> Because to this day, right, 
John and I were going back and forth on emails, Skype calls, we clicked, everything seemed great. I seemed to have found, you know, the partner that I needed to replace my previous partner in the business and everything was good. And to be honest, the offer was extremely generous for somebody that I did not know. And I was going on Dan's recommend. Sorry, Dan is becoming like a, like the buzzword of this podcast. But I was going on Dan's recommendation, and he swore by you. So I thought, right, okay, Dan's not wrong. You know, I trust Dan's opinion and Sam, obviously. And so we had agreed our deal. The deal was done, basically. You know, I had include there was there was stuff in there about. Well, there was just there was a lot. I said yes to everything, basically. And then John ghosted me. And when I say ghosted, I mean disappeared off the planet for two and a half weeks. I had a bad signal. No, he had a bad signal. He said he had. A, he was in Boston, Massachusetts. I'm sorry, but there is not a bad signal in Boston, Massachusetts. Not only that, but I could see him uploading stories to his Instagram account because at the time you were not private and you thought, oh, she won't be looking at my... So he's posting these pictures of him with his gun with Matt Fraser and flaunting around at Reebok and doing all these amazing things. And I'm thinking, he could just email me back. So I thought, you know what, sod this. He's, he's, that's it, he's done. So I sent the email and I remember so clearly you called me up and I was in, I was in Thailand and you were basically... To be fair, you were like, I fucked up. And I'm really sorry. And I was like, that's fine, but I still don't, I still don't believe you. And then you did something which it actually shocked me. You flew from Dubai to London and you met me in Costa Coffee yeah. in Southside. With, with a large envelope. With <laughs> what? Like 12 grand in your backpack? Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, who is this guy? Is he a drug dealer? What's going on? And John, you you'd been away from the UK for for a long time, so you'd kind of forgotten that that's not how we do dealings. Yeah, that's just how we do stuff in the Middle East. Um, you just slide a brown envelope over the table, and usual people agree. <laughs> yeah. With you. Um, but yeah, I mean, essentially, we got the agreement, but I had to then go and put that money in the bank and transfer it. <laughs> um, but that was that was my plan. The general people can't say no to cash, and it worked. Um, but yeah, I mean that that that. It, so I mean, so I mean, even in that conversation, what didn't start on the best, you know, it didn't start in the smoothest, you know, straight line. But f- from that first conversation where we're sitting there, which was actually interrupted with a, f- a gang fight, yeah, randomly, yeah. Um, we ended up in the middle of a gang fight where we we just casually, but I'd seen a lot of fighting and stuff before from my, you know, my work history and stuff like that. But we we, we just casually kept continuing to talk with this. No, I hadn't. And around. do you know what I was thinking the whole time? Well, this John guy, he said he's got like a military background. I was like, is he going to save me if this gang... Like, these people were beating the crap out of each other in Costa, smashing their faces into the window where we're having like our coffee over the table and they're like flying over us. And I was like, this is this is just not going to plan. It, yeah. was, it was pretty intense. Is this a... I'd be straight tonight where I come from. Um, but yeah, but even from that first conversation, we, we, we had to off. There wasn't any, like, it was just, we were just talking, like, we just knew where each other was coming from. Do you know what I mean? So it, it wasn't the most direct steps to start, but it, it's, it definitely started um, pretty well. Yeah, it's worked out there. okay, I guess. Yeah, it's getting there. Should we fast forward to 
I guess, district, how that came about, because that's kind of our, you know, CrossFit Wandsworth was something that I founded, you came into the business, made a significant difference to, and through that, the, the year and a half that we had doing that, um, kind of gave us the confidence that we could go on to create something, co-found something together that was going to be ours, that we could scale. Because I think both of us, we have very large ambitions and we want to be more than just local box owners. Like, you know, we there's we do this because CrossFit Wandsworth got to the point where we were posit- like positively affecting people's lives and we were seeing all these stories emerge and it was just this incredible feeling knowing that you were like growing something that was having such a great benefit on a community and 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 I think it was at, it was over a coffee I mean John and I have coffee together and just this is kind of where this podcast came from we had a coffee and we decided everything that we talk about in this podcast we should open up to the to the wider world some people might listen to it some people might not but it's just I think you know it might be interesting yeah definitely I mean there's Lots and lots of um, you know things go behind Baldwin District, but I mean essentially, yeah, it all started with CrossFit Wandsworth. I, I would say pretty much from the first. I think my first day there, we went on a night out. I, I don't remember much of the very end of it, um, but the, it began really well. There was a lot of energy and buzz. I was welcomed into this community. It was I was there for like a week or something. I had like a lot of people that I could uh, kind of hang out with. It was, you know, it was just basically it was really good building blocks for something, for something big. Um, I was lucky enough, my, I'm trying to find the timeline if she was my wife at that point. Sorry, yeah, my wife at the, at the time and still this time, she came into the business with me and then we brought in a close friend, uh, Ben. So we, we had, I mean, at first, I mean, Rosa was traveling quite a lot first when um, she was competing in golf. So to have the support of these people running about me, it, it was, it was family orientated. And it became infectious, and the gym, the gym grew so so fast. And um, we started doing things that people in the area just weren't doing in terms of advertising, streamlining our joining process. You know, really putting a lot of effort into helping people integrate into the gym, and it, it, it it's grew and grew to you know membership numbers that you know we've we never thought possible at first. You know, what I mean, I remember I done a couple of courses when I first arrived, and we were asked to set what we would want to be at in a year. And I'd said 150, and a year later we were actually at just over 200, you know, pretty much bursting at the seams. Yeah, and I mean, the place was just, the place was just a buzz. And then obviously with all this change and what Rosie said earlier about the previous experience, the owners in the gym, obviously they became, the place became a lot more energetic and welcoming for Rosie to come back to. So she's, I think she was in the gym a lot more. Um, you know, taking classes, just hanging around, being around, and um, even that, that added to the the buzz in the gym. The fact you know you've got two owners around all the time. You've got, you know, a, a, what was kind of like an assistant manager who's also, you know, part of the family, and then obviously having Ben, such a character. Ben Svensson. Ben Svensson. Having him, having him around as well. Uh, a great guy. Members, you know, members loved him. Kind of really bought in just 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 in his personality, not not even just as a job, but just just how he is as a person. Um, you know, we had quite quite a formula. So we yeah. obviously had there was a lot of like there was a lot of success that we had in that year, a year and a half, and that kind of prompted us to set up something and and come up with a 
a more solid ethos and, and who we were and that led into taking over an existing CrossFit gym. Obviously, for those of you that don't know, we uh, acquired CrossFit Perpetua, uh, which is in Battersea, and that became, we then rebranded and we went, CrossFit Wandsworth became District Wandsworth and CrossFit Perpetua became District Battersea. And what for you was like the major difference, I mean, between coming into CrossFit Wandsworth and having such success, you know, coming into an existing business and then you and I taking what we thought we knew and tried to like put it into Battersea. What was the... I mean, for me, the biggest difference, I mean, there was a a lot of things in it. Some of these things kind of had a knock-on effect. I mean, when I came into Wandsworth for a start, I coached, I think my first week I coached 26 classes. I did rapid reduce this. But I mean, I was coaching at least for the first year, I was coaching at least 20 classes a week. So I mean, that's close to half the classes in the gym. So my contact with people was much, much higher. You know, so obviously, and as we grew the community, we grew it through, you know, the team that was there. And between the three of us, really, all the coaching was pretty much done between the three of us. There was a couple of coaches that coached two or three classes uh, here and there. So it was much easier to just build a community and, you know, have that vibe and that personal connection. Something that I've tried to hold on to. Um, but like you said, the groundwork was laid over like yeah. a year so, and so a half. So this was a year and a half we built this up. So over a year and a half, we built a community. We we built a program. We built add-on classes. We built speciality classes. We built a way of doing things. We built a sales system, an on-ramp program. And then we took over another gym that was there for five years. and Operating in an entirely yeah, different operating way. Operating a completely entire way. And we were like, you know what, we have this absolute amazing thing. <laughs> We opened the front door and we flung it in, and they did not it love sank. it at first. It sank like a hot, but like it, yeah, it, and it was too. I mean, I mean, it was a mistake, but we're new to this. We were doing things, or we're trying to do things that not a lot of people have done, you know, here in London certainly. And we made mistakes. I don't, I never denied it at the time, and I won't deny it now. We made mistakes. We'll continue to make mistakes. But the thing is. We very quickly took feedback and changed as much as we could back to what you know what people needed. But that was just I think that's to jump in, like I think that's something that's so important. We we make we went in there and we kind of tried to put something that we knew would work onto them and actually like change humans react negatively to change, even if it's changed for the good. And you know, we were these two people that nobody knew anything about. Why should they believe us? You know, we go on about how honest we are, but actually, you know, nobody knows that. You know, we're we're John and Rosie, but we could be talking a load of shit, which we do a lot of the time. But basically, we we do take feedback, and we sat down with some some members at Bassey, and it really really opened our eyes to kind of how we'd handle things and. Like John said, we, we don't claim to know it all. And I think that's really important because when you're running your own business, I've, I say this a lot, like it's like an advanced adult puzzle. It's like putting pieces that don't want to fit together constantly and making them fit. And that's, that for me, that's the key takeaway from, from if I was advising people on, 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 you know, give me a number one tip on how to start my own business. It's honestly, it's like advanced problem solving constantly because there's always 
It's always things that you think, things will crop up that you're like, I never knew that we would need to know anything about this, but I'm now going to go away, educate myself, have a think about it and come back and deliver an answer. And that can be to a member or that can be to, you know, a member of staff, a coach. I think it's just constant, like as long as you are able to adapt to your surroundings, that's super important. And what we want to do is our vision with district is to take it and scale it. And we want to have five gyms. Then we want to have 10 gyms. Like, And I believe that the second gym, something John and I talk about a lot, going from one to two is how you nail down exactly how you then go to 10. Once you've been able to scale it to two and the processes and, you know, the systems and everything that you've got there sorted you can then plop that in Notting Hill or Hammersmith or Vauxhall or you know wherever you want to go maybe but, sooner than you think yeah huh? maybe sooner than you think <laughs> but yeah and it's even building these processes is like we've known I mean this this book that I've built with the the coaches manual I mean I, I, I worked on that for it's been years I've been adding stuff to it. Some of the stuff is literally, I mean, some of the stuff, while well, I was doing some seminars with some key figures and then she just copy and pasted stuff for me, sent me an email, added to it, um, edited out their name. But I mean, they've got a shout out in there as well. But building these processes is really, really hard. And then it becomes harder the longer you're doing it because to you it's like, I mean, this manual I'd honestly say is in my brain. But I didn't talk somebody through some of it and then I assume that they'll they know it just as well as I do because I've I've, I've walked them through it once or twice. But I mean if you fa- if you if you think if you've got, you know, four senior members of staff, two managers, two head coaches, and then you've got multiple coaches underneath, there's, there's a lot of people to get a message across to. Do you know what I mean? So to actually try to get that across and then I mean, a lot of it comes out of managing your own expectations. So I mean yeah, it's just what you can expect from people. Um I mean just think about this the most important lesson learned I mean, in terms of talking about taking over uh, CrossFit Perpetua, I, I would say we shouldn't have changed anything for the first six months. Um, if you fast forward six months, the buy-in we have with the members now and the team we have around us, you know, I mean, the team's changed a lot recently and it's so strong. People are bought in. It's a different kettle of fish. We could have flipped everything and made those changes gradually over the six months and avoided... You know, the kind of, I mean, I say headaches, they were headaches, but they're really on experiences, so you can never really, you know, think badly of them. But we could have avoided a lot of that by moving a bit slower, which is yeah, definitely something I've learned. This, things take way more, much more time than you think. You know, if we ever do this again, there's there's so much we learned from this situation that I, I want to buy another gym, just because I want to see how so you'd, we can so, do it. Yeah, that was, so that was a question I was going to say. Would you take over what would you prefer would you take over another gym before you'd set one up from scratch so if we were going district x next place would it be an existing gym or would it be a brand new site i think both of them have got their own challenges and their own stresses um, you have to say one if i have to say one i'd like you take over another gym again oh i'm the opposite i'd like you do it because i really believe that what we've learned on this this that and that during this this process yeah, I can put it'll be a different experience next time. I really believe it. So would for be. me, for me, I feel so strongly that we know who we are. We, you know, what we stand for, who we are, the the people we want to employ because they're we want to employ the best because 
if we employ the best, our members get the best. And at the end of the day, we're only as strong as our, as, as, as much as our, we can talk about, you know, ourselves, but actually if the members aren't happy, we've got no business. So for me, if we have the opportunity to go into a, a new site, a new facility that's empty, we can put that imprint immediately and we can build it up from the ground up. I think we're doing that now and we've, we've you know, I think luckily the members at Battersea are now kind of seeing who we are. I think before they were, it was a bit, they were a bit wary, but now hopefully mm-hmm. they're getting an idea of who we are. But yeah, I would definitely want to start a scratch, you know, put a head coach in there that we believed in and yeah, go from there. Yeah, I mean, I've experienced experience both things. Um, I, I do want more, I want more than three or four gyms. So I would like, I mean, yeah, I would, I would just, I would like to, I'd like a rerun off it just to, to see how it goes. How do you think that our, the, the business relationship has, has changed? You know, th- also how do you think we have changed as individuals? I think we've like, I think we've grown massively. I think our relationship, I think in the beginning, we were very, I mean, God, we, we would talk, I mean, we still do. Literally, I talk to you more than I talk to anybody else, bar like a relationship, obviously. But, you know, we talk, and that's something that I think doesn't get seen by the members, like, and, and by our by our clients. Like, we are nonstop talking about how we can be better, how we can improve their service, you know. And that if that's not what's driving you in whatever business you're doing, if you're, you know, we're talking from our experience of running gyms, but if you're in an, any type of industry where you're running your own business if you are not constantly driving to be the best that you can be for your clients then you shouldn't be doing what you're doing because you and i like we'll send each other messages i think we're better at it now but we'll send each other messages something will wake me up at 2 a.m and i'll be like john we've got to do this and actually now we've i think our relationship's changed because we know that you know on certain days we need space because it becomes so all-encompassing that yeah. the, the, the drive to be who we want to be and where we want the gyms to be becomes so, like, it takes over our lives. And we're quite, I think both of us are very, we don't stop until we've got this, like, go, go, go mentality that we don't stop until we've got. And actually, it's funny because that can be quite draining in itself and that can take over. It can be a negative because like we had the launch event last week or two weeks ago and for me i i was i was imagining that event for a year because that was the celebration of being successful and who we are and it came and it thought i I was there and i was like this is amazing but what's next yeah yeah i definitely feel yeah in terms of what we've yeah things have changed so much i mean in terms of like we've quite often and again, it's not just us. We've got, we've got members of the team that do it as well. They, they, they push so hard and constant till you don't even realise it's happened because things are exciting. You you know you push and you grind every day, and then it's like the, the, the next minute you're you're you're, you're burnt out. You, you can't think of anything. And I think we've become pretty good at noticing that uh, in each other when we've, we've when we've got to that stage. And as well as even like we've we've changed a lot as. You know, kind of business owners, the gyms have changed a lot. We've put a lot into this, but we're also—I mean—we're changing a lot for you know for our team. You know what I mean? I'm I'm pretty proud to say that we're. I've worked many places before. You know what I mean? 
I know I've been a coach, like I've coached 25 classes a week. I've I've, I've, I've been up at 6am and then back in at 8pm for PT sessions, stuff like that. And these guys are, you know, people say they're the coaches or the foot soldiers, but they're, 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 the, they're more than the pillars of you know, what makes the gym. You know, I mean, these guys are amazing. And the team we've grown over the last two years is, is, is phenomenal. And, you know, for, for us, we've been trying to see how we can, you know, how we can grow for them, what we can do to make, help them grow and, you know, you know, not just become, you know, better coaches. We, we, we really sit sat everybody down and just says, you know, tell us what we can do for you. And amazingly, for the first hour, everything they came up with was how they can become better at what they do. Which I said to them that this 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 benefits us. Like what what's going to benefit you? That's not going to benefit us. Do you know what I mean? You know, we had some deeper discussions. We made some changes, but you know, we we kind of we we're not trying to reinvent the wheel with training because you know functional training CrossFit is the way is is the way forward. It's you know it works. We can put and try change it up and make it fancy um, but we want to change the wheel with you know it's the quality of you know space people can train in and still get amazing coaching you know I mean you've got really fancy petite gyms around London where you just get yelled at for an hour you know you know while we, you know you do good exercises but you know not necessarily leading you towards anything but yeah no. so we're trying I mean we're, we're really trying to change the wheel for everybody involved which you know I'm, I'm proud of it like I, I'm I'm, I'm like I'm, I'm proud that we were, we were trying to change change things for, uh, for everyone the members lives the coaches the, everything the facilities I think that's super important for me we've you know we said earlier about how we saw that we were positively affecting people's lives through having gyms and that was mainly focused on the members but we we really are as John alluded like what he said you know I'll just translate but yeah, we sat down with the coaches and we, we, this industry is a revolving door because coaches are self-employed and uh, they, you know, they're paid by the hour. Honestly, we've been here for, what, 45 minutes, whatever, and John is getting distracted and Tom, the producer, which I have to put in there, is just doing hand signals behind me. Anyway, my point is we are trying to create something in district where we pay attention to our employees well-being as much as we pay attention to our members well-being and happiness you know the economy we're currently in a situation of full employment so there's a lot of movement like the labor everybody is able to move freely between jobs because there's all this opportunity and that means that as 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 business owners we suffer because at the drop of a hat we could lose one of our best coaches however this has opened our eyes because we want to create a system of career coaching and and having these people in the building that really are such a strong part of the community because they feel looked after by us that they will then give our members the best and that's something that you know i would say at the moment is keeping john and i awake at night because we're trying to you know come up with something that that can create longevity for the future i think the next thing like the last thing just what gives you the most satisfaction about owning your own business? Like, regardless of the gyms, but like from a business standpoint, what? Because we've talked a lot about the challenges and. I mean, a lot of it comes down to the stuff that everybody says, and unless you're in the industry, you, you just think it sounds cheesy. But I mean, maybe four or five weeks ago, I popped into the Wandsworth facility and they were doing a, a handstand walk 
um, as part of a class. And there was there was two ladies that joined the gym, um, and Ellen and Susan, they joined up just before the Open, the, uh, the first Open this year. And I'm quite renowned for my forcible ways of getting people to sign up for the Open. Um, managed to convince them to sign up, um, along with their friend who actually recommended them to the gym. So it's kind of watching them through this. And it was another second week the Open started, challenging these, you know, really challenging workouts and you know, not being able to even get past the second movement in some of them. Uh, so, you know, fast forward, you know, f- four or five months later, I'm watching this class and um, Anel, like, handstand walks past me. I'm like, this woman is walking on her... I was about to say a bad word. This woman you is walking swear. on her, her... This woman's walking on her fucking hands, man. <laughs> I couldn't even get you to... You know, you were you were scared of a barbell five months ago, and now you're walking on your. Foot. I can't walk on my hands, man. I've been doing CrossFit for bloody years. I think the furthest I've ever got is five feet, and I'm pretty sure that was a far stumble. And seeing how pumped she was for it, and then you know, her, her, her friend was able to do it with slight assistance, and that was just like stuff like that's just amazing. You know what I mean? And I mean, with two gyms, we're, we're so lucky. I mean, being a, I mean, opens just for these kind of moments. Opens just like the, the, the peak time of the year for this. I've seen these amazing achievements and stuff. Rosie's making a face. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, you're um, good, man. You're but, good. But, but yeah, you know what I mean? That's literally what it comes down to. You know what I mean? I mean, owning a big, owning a brand like this, it's amazing. I've, I mean, the, the amount of messages I get, people compliment and just think it's awesome. And I, I do, I love it. But for me, it's just the more of this we have, the more of these moments we get to experience. And at the end of the day, th- this is what it comes down to. It's, it's people achieving amazing things like this. I know gyms is going to push us, you know, pushes forward yeah I think like to take it away from the gym perspective because hopefully we'll get people listening to this that you know have maybe have never set foot in a gym but have ambitions to open their own business and for me I think the the satisfaction that you get from knowing that you've created something and you can see it grow and you've you literally put your soul into it and that can be difficult at times because when you get knockbacks or you get people telling you don't they don't like it, it can you take it very personally because it's an extension of yourself. You know your business is who you are, and I think for me, I've never I I I don't think I would have ever done my personality is just I don't know I would I don't think I could have ever worked for someone like I I think for me I've always forged a path that means I'm in control of the destiny Mm. do you know what I mean like and I think you're kind of the same it's quite we have this strong character that means you know I want to be at the forefront I want to lead by example I want to help people and I think the satisfaction I get from seeing my business grow is just it's just yeah it's a proud moment I, I think and and don't get me wrong there's a lot of hard times that come with that I think as we've said but at the end of the day yeah it's 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 a pretty cool thing to do and I would encourage people if you are thinking about starting a business or you you know you have ambitions to you just have to do it like make sure as John said planning was huge like although I jumped into CrossFit Wandsworth I did spend a year planning it and and Whatever financials you come out with, write a business plan. Whatever financials you come out with, my top tip is double it because it will never be as cheap as you think it will be and it will always be over budget. So double it and then you'll be a lot closer to the number. But yeah, if you've got ambitions of starting your own business, 
honestly we're we're in a we're in a community we're in a uh, sorry we're in a society now where you you know you create your own future through social media through podcasts through whatever it is just go for it just jump into it i think the more doers there are in the world the better and yeah i think that kind of wraps it up for today so we've rambled on <laughs> yeah i think that's been an, an hour <laughs> it's been um, yeah we've been rambling uh, the name I think it was quite apt for that pod- podcast. Yeah, this- I was trying to bring you back with a bit of purpose, but you just carried on rambling. Yeah, that's I'm pretty well known for my rambles. <laughs> um, I, I ramble on quite a lot, and I have probably the, the, the shortest attention span, which I have a reason for, but yeah, it tends to... Yeah, he's rambling again. So, uh, But thank you for listening. If you've made it all the way to the end, I feel like we got better. I feel like we got better. With, this is our first time, so we got better with... Yeah, I forgot on the start in the middle by now. But, yeah, um, right, cool. He's just talking again. But anyway, make sure that you listen to the District Digest because it's going to be a lot shorter, a lot more on point, a lot less rambling, um, and it's going to give you an insight into what's happening um, over the next month at District. It's going to be directed more at our members. And yeah, make sure you have a listen. Okay.